heroes. It's a funny thing, ain't it? It's about people who go above and beyond and pull something from within themselves to become something more. You know, the stuff of legends. They're the ones who set the stage for the rest of us, the light and the dark. What would you trade, good listener, to be like those people? Your memories? Your first car? Your very soul? This tape is about just such a situation. And before you ask this, good listener, I ain't a hero by any stretch of the imagination. I know, hard to believe, but I'm not. Just a guy who's real good at talking his way into and out of most situations. I'll be telling you the tale of someone who took such a risk. It's, it's, it's too early to get up, Fred. It's noon. Yeah, but it's Saturday. It's Thursday. My bed's so comfy, though. You're still at your desk. Mm. Okay, well, at least tell me there's coffee I'm smelling. Ooh, you got that one right. Here you go. Plus some painkillers. Special tech pixie formula. Thanks, Fred. You're saving my life here. I know. Ah. So what's on the docket today? Uh, a process server came by. Barbara Hall is still mad at you for turning her into the cops. I saw this coming, I guess. Where are the papers? Never got here. I put a confusion charm on the door. <laughs> the server's wandering around Wisconsin Park right now. Probably thinks he's in an enchanted forest. Nice work. What else we got? Uh, there's a cobalt infestation out by the refinery. Hard pass. They're all slime and thorns, plus they throw stuff at you. Then they post the meanest tweets about you. Well, there, uh, there's this other thing. It's something that only comes once a year. My birthday? Samhain? My ex? It's spell day you remembered! Uh, yeah. Expo. That's what I was going to say. Okay, so the first thing we need to do is visit the Galaxy Trek booth. I want to get my photo taken with Captain Park. After that, we'll hit Artist Alley and, of course, the merch booths. I need a shirt, Valentine. I don't know why you take Pixies by human clothing. You can glamour up any outfit you like. Sure, I could, but then I'd never have something to remember this day. What kind of fan would I be if I didn't pick up a t-shirt? normal one? Anyway, Zero meeting us there? You know it. He wants to get in on the Shatler talks. He's been a galaxy trekker since the TV series began. I mean, I was into the comics way before the show, but it's whatever. Oh yeah, you're all the real fan here. Can you make sure my glamour looks nerdy enough, Val? Come on, this is one of the few events I can really just be me among humans. I really want it to work. Threadripper's excitement is chipping away at my hangover. Either that or the meds are starting to do their thing. Unlike shifters and vamps, tech pixies can't hold a true human form, so they use an innate glamour that they've honed over the years. For the most part, they look like mole rats playing hooky, with as many piercings as possible and hairstyles that make them look like they stuck a fork in a light socket. 
Fred Ripper whispers a few words to activate her glamour. With a shimmer and a pop, she turns into a teenage girl of around 16, with bright red hair spiked into something that would make an anime character jealous. She's got about five piercings in each ear with pixie runes, and she's wearing a tunic that looks like it belongs in her favourite Trek show. And of course, there's a communicator pinned to her chest. What I occasionally watch with her, don't judge me. She proudly adjusts the four pips on her collar. Well, how do I look? You know, you're true magic. Why do you pixies enjoy the comic and geeky show? It's stuff that humans just make up. I think it's because magic looks cool and fun to regular people, but for us it's just our lives. When we're reading a comic or watching a movie, we don't need to observe the laws of magic or worry to make sure the CHGs aren't gonna shut off our ley lines. We can get lost in the stories and cheer for the good guys, and we can pretend for a minute that we're part of what makes these stories fantastic. Oh, plus the art! You know, Anne should totally set up a booth there. She's a real heroine. What the hell's a we then? Flat broke? Ethically suspect? Morally questionable? I like to think we're on the side of the angels. Most of the time. Ooh, speaking of angels, I got you something to wear too. Dread. No. Please. You promised, boss. You can't beg your way out of this one. Okay, let's see. Trench coat, pressed white shirt, skinny red neck. Oh, come on, Thread! It's a bit on the nose, yeah? Coming from a man whose everyday outfit screams, Devil Man May Cry, who else is going to show up dressed like this? Uh, everyone? And Devil Man May Cry is a classic. Hush now. Loosen the tie. The Expo. Every year, the Queen City's cosplayers, otakus, comic nerds, and general fans gather to take in the fun, snag a rare comic, or buy a My Little Ferret body pillow. Most of them would go wild if they knew how many actual magical creatures they were rubbing shoulders with. Which places a maze of concessions, booths, walls of comics, and games and racks of merchandise reaching 15 feet high. The whole building smells like animal manure and dirty socks, but everyone has agreed to ignore it. Despite various comic book cosplayers, some decked out in metal underwear, a young woman in what appears to be just body paint, some cleverly concealed tape, smiles and waves at me as she walks by. I raise an eyebrow and wonder what the hell she's cosplaying as. I spy at least a dozen people dressed up like me. Wrinkled trench coat, white shirt, loose tie. They're rolling their eyes at me and I roll mine back. I make a metal note to hold back on a raise for Threadripper. Magical booths are flickering in and out like neon shadows. Tech pixies are gathered around the death pop vendor. Death Pop is a knockoff of Murder Buzz. Choosy Pixies will tell you it's shite even as they're chugging it down with the bucket load. Threadripper is in her element, racing from one display to the next, gushing over the Galaxy Trek cosplays, and snapping a selfie with Captain Park and his nemesis, Zelig Queen Isildra. How did I remember that? Anyway, something strange is happening on my skin. Little prickles of ice along the lines of my tattoos. I roll back my sleep. Ashen hills. Thread, something's going on with my ink. It's like it's grayed out or something. 
Well, of course it is. Your admission band is a magical dampener. It's like a peace tie for supernaturals. So how are you keeping up that glamour of yours? Little spells and charms still work, but Big Mojo? No way. Ever since that wizard got angry at the Dash Con and cursed the giant ball pit, magical peace ties have been mandatory across New World Domain. Girl can't be the god of thunder. Total ripoff. Fretnor turned to see Razor and Flack a few feet away, being accosted by some random, mealy-mouthed gatekeeper type who, apparently, has a death wish. Excuse me? Are you taking a run at my costume? I actually had my gear forged. This hammer's a good 40 pounds. You just wiggled into what? A body pillow? No! I'm the practice bag for Crash Bros. You know the game where real characters get to kick this guy to prove who is the biggest and best? Oh. So you're looking to get kicked around. No. I... Are you offering? Call me Mistress Thor and we'll see. Hey, if you actually read the comics, you'd know that in the True Believer number 137, the God of Thunder's hammer decides that another person is worthy of the title. The hammer found a woman who was decidedly worthy. So how about you waddle back to whatever said it super chat you came out of and leave her alone? The young woman stated that it was best to leave her and the Mighty One alone. We were just getting to know each other. <laughs> Feels like there's some fragile bits underneath that body pillow. Ow! Ow! Okay, I'm, I'm going. Just let, let me go. You promise not to bother her again? Maybe she can crush me for a while? Ow! 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 ow. There will be nothing crushable when I am through with you. Goodbye. I had that guy handled, Flack. If you come for my pack, you come for me. <laughs> Besides, I like scaring normies. Flack, are you dressed up as Reza's ferret form? No. This is Lightning Cackle. Lightning? Someone help me out here. Lightning Cackle! For my little ferret, duking his magic? My daughter got me into it. Well, fuchsia's a good color on you, mate. Hey, Thread. I saw Fiona Staples doing sketches from Saga over at Hall H. You game? Am I game? Am I game? I'm the deluxe set with an interactive CD-ROM on top. Valentine, I'll catch up with you later. As for me, I have been challenged to take part in a My Little Ferret photo battle. I promise I will emerge victorious. It's not a battle, Flack. Just a contest. Regardless, the blood and tears of posers will stain my costume. Fred Ripper guns it into the crowd with razors. Flack lumbers off to do photo combat. I decide to head to Artist Alley and see if I'll get an assigned print or something. The key to a successful artist alley visit is not to make eye contact with the religious comic booths on your way in. I catch sight of Anne busy at people watching. Her sketchbook is open, pencils seemingly dancing across the page as she takes in the passersby. Her lips form a thin line at the side of me. She's been a little distant with me lately. Fallout from an earlier case. Turns out she doesn't appreciate it when you go back in time and 
completely botch saving yourself and use her as a hopeful bigger weapon against the thing that pretty much tries your life. Go figure. I take a seat beside her, watching the people as she keeps sketching. I note she's wearing the same dampening wristband me and Ripper got on her way in. Surprised they got you locked down with one of those magic dampeners. Didn't you tell them you were a goddess? Diplomacy, Valentine, it goes a long way. I am not bound by the rules of the expo, but it's polite to play along. I do some of my best work here. Do you see that young girl over by the anime booth? The one with crimson streaks in her hair and running mascara? She fought with her mother on the way here. It was a small matter, but they no longer know how to speak to each other without fighting. Right now, that girl is thinking of running away. She's looking for her boyfriend, who even now is in a lonely hallway trying to kiss her best friend. He has told her that he loves her, but he has no idea how to love another person. They will drive to another city and move in with his cousin. He will lie to her, cheat on her, and kick her out in just a few months. It will be winter. Right now, I'm drawing her with a little bit of forgiveness and calm. See? There it is, in her eyes. At the end of the day, she'll be waiting for her mother up front and not taking off with her boyfriend. And maybe she'll find a way to talk to her mother. You can't know all that. Can you? I'm a goddess, Finn. If that girl runs away tonight, she will never see her family again. I'm giving her a little nudge in the right direction. It won't be easy for her, but at least she'll make it out alive. That's amazing. Oh, hey, I brought you a present. Pack of inspirations. Collect them from a dream walk last week. Smoke them quick or they fade back into the dream world. Anne takes the pack of smokes from my hand and puts them into her bag. She draws one from the pack and places it in my hand. I tuck it behind my ear like the class act I am. I got you something too. Anne flips through a few pages of her book. She removes the paper and places it in my hands. It's me and Katarina at the quality tea room, slugging back weak coffee and laughing over something. Nothing. I roll it up and slip it into my messenger bag before I start tearing up. When you miss Katarina, Finn, and you start to dwell on what could have been, take out that picture. It'll help. Thanks, Anne. Look, I've got to go find some caffeine. There's a tech pixie coffee cart making the rounds. The Saltenburn? I saw it over by the animatronic one-hit booth. They brought it back? I heard that booth caused a lot of injuries last year. Give the people what they want, I guess. Just as Anne promised, the Saltenburn is parked by the one-hit booth. A purple-haired pixie barista is pouring shot after shot of espresso, pausing to knock one back every few seconds. She gives a manic giggle as her earrings arc with electricity. Ahoy there, sailor on the sea of beans. Make me something mean and high in caffeine. And if you can throw in a shot of rum, I'd be highly obliged. Ooh, a customer! I know what you need! I know, I know, I know! It's been so slow today! Yeah? We're the supernaturals. Usually there's a long lineup of jittery creatures waiting for their fix here. I think I saw the great detective skulking around earlier! The expo isn't really his style. Might have been a cosplayer. Or just a regular person who hasn't bathed in... ever. Who hasn't bathed? Is it you, Valentine? And there's Zero. 
figured I'd trip over you eventually. I'm going to ignore the insult buried in there because I'm having the best time today. Also, totally lacking in creativity. I've been hanging out at the paranormal panel making homemade EMF meters spike randomly. Zero. My, my. What will Threadripper say? Come on, it's just too much fun. <laughs> if they only knew, most ghosts really don't do the EMF meter thing. Besides, you know you'd totally do it too if you could. Oh, hey, is that a triple whip taco bomb stuff declare? I kind of had my eye on... Oh, gimme, 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 gimme. Okay. If you see threat, tell her I'll be at the monster magnet panel. I'm in chaos. Excuse me, miss. May I get a cup of coffee? Dark roast. No room. Biggest cup you have? An impossibly tall woman in a silk tunic and gold headband is standing behind me, politely waving at the barista. She looks like she could pick up the coffee cart with one hand and run off with it if she liked. An Amazon, dressed like an Amazon. No problem! I love your outfit! Very the mascara! Wait, you can see me? Is there some reason I wouldn't be able to see you? You're a human. Yes, that is correct, citizen. Just another human. Clearly, I have intruded upon a LARPing session here, but I've been on my feet for hours. I really need a cup of coffee. Uh, here you go. Coffee for the human. Who can see me? Thanks. What do I owe you? Owe me? How much... Money? Money? Uh, sounds like this one's on the house, Princess Diana. It's my lucky day, I think. Yay! You're a winner! Okay. Bye now, weirdos. What in the name of CPUs was that? She shouldn't be able to see any magical vendors, right? No. Something weird is going on. I'll say. Who doesn't put sugar in their coffee? It's unhealthy. I'm off to the monster magnet panel. Catch you later. Now what? Daily Zen Mental Gems. I apologize for the interruption, but you see, you have a problem. I am Dr. Sketch. Oh, that is the worst. Over by the merch booths, a man in a perfectly starched magician's outfit, straight out a 60s comic, is standing on one of the tables. Black tux, white shirt, slicked back hair, pencil mustache. But it's wrong. I mean, more wrong than that normally sounds. He looks like someone drew on sketch paper, erased the pose, and drew him again. Freaky little lines of action radiate off him as he moves. Either someone got a hold of some powerful magic for the best cosplay ever, or there's a genuine villain with a love of old comics on our hands. The sketch turns and grins. The edges of his lips extend off his face for a moment and snap back into normal proportions. He holds up a bag that, I kid you not, has a giant dollar sign on it. I am here to collect for my GoFundMe. Your donations today can save your squishy bits tomorrow. 
I step through the gathered crowd towards the Mandrake wannabe, my zipper already in hand as I reveal my fireball tattoo. I strike the lighter against my arm and receive... Nothing but a scratch. My tattoo magic is dead at the expo. Great. Well, can be, whatever that is. Oi! Doctor! You know the cosplay contest isn't till tomorrow, right? We have a hero! No, we have a supernatural PI or a washed up angel? I never check the wiki on stuff like this. Whoever you are, we're cutting your part for this scene. <laughs> Dr. Sketch vanishes from the filthy table and pops in in front of me, one hand gripping my collar and the other holding a vicious serrated bowie knife to my throat. His eyes jitter in his face. You know, you'd think someone in my profession would get used to seeing reruns of your life flash before your eyes. I can tell you, it's a very unnerving experience. But even as my brain is showing me flashcards of my childhood, I can sense something else coming off him beside action lines. It's old, decayed magic. The rust of a thousand vessels on the shores of dead oceans. It's abyssal magic? How the hells? Just as I was about to come up with a devastating comeback, something crashes into us. I hit the floor. Dr. Sketch takes a one-way trip into a stand of assorted figures and careens into a snack cart. My cabbages! Flag? <clears throat> Gotta get a little close, aren't you, mate? Citizen, I would never give you any flack, and it is endearing, but not appropriate to call me mate. I, Major Molly Mallet, am your savior. I am here to defeat the sinister Dr. Sketch. Wait, you're that Amazon woman from the coffee cart. Love, this isn't a stunt. That guy's going to flatten you. A stunt? Justice is no stunt, citizen. It's my calling. Major Molly Mallet, I, I, I guess that's her name, has swapped out her Amazon trappings for a proper superhero outfit. She's holding a gigantic mallet that looks to have its own power source. Dr. Sketch pops up in front of Mallet. Multiple arms burst from his jacket, holding all sorts of firearms, knives, and a cartoonish bomb. One hand is swinging an old egg beater around for some reason. Mallet, my nemesis. You will never stop my reign of freely illustrated terror. Villain, you've terrorized these citizens plenty. Today is the day you meet the eraser of justice. Your mallet is an eraser? No, it's a mallet. You're a sketch and my mallet is... Look, this shouldn't be tough to follow. I know, I was being obtuse. <laughs> sketch screams with laughter and hurls the bomb at Molly. She winds up with her sledgehammer and launches the bomb right back at him. The explosive flies at him like a cannonball and... I'm, I'm not kidding you here. It takes his head right off. Sketch reaches up to swipe at the space that his head occupied before dissolving into a heap of pencil and eraser shavings. A home run for justice! As the normals surround Molly asking for selfies, autographs and whatnot, I take a look at the remains of the supervillain. I've been around the magical block. 
I've seen eldritch gods, a demonic furball toy that recited magical incantations backwards. I'm not convinced Zero didn't have a hand in that one. And Flack in a My Little Ferret onesie. I have never seen one legitimate superhero until now. A familiar headache starts pressing against the back of my eyes as I try to suss Molly Mallet's deal. Ripper runs up out of the crowd, carrying a massive pile of books. An extra-large green flashlight shirt makes it look like a ten-year-old kid with anime hair. Boss! I didn't know you were part of the antics. Jeez, getting tossed about without your magic? I hope they actually gave you some kind of training on how to take a fall. How'd you get dragged into that show? Show? Take a closer look at me, Thread. That was a legitimate hero versus villain smackdown with me in the middle. How is that possible? Wait, does that mean Major Molly Mallet is real and I can get her autograph? I'm bruised and bleeding, but you want your autograph book filled out? Now I'm hurting on the inside, too. If they're the genuine article, that means heavy magic. Yeah. Magic that doesn't care about the rules of the expo. Valentine, I think we need Zero Day's help on this one. He said he was heading over to the monster magnet panel. Zero Day's the reality hacker. If we can get his help... Say no more. I suddenly feel the world lurch around me. I scramble and nearly fall back to the crowd with a wave of nausea. Valentine! I'm okay, Fred. I'm okay. Killer just tried to cut my head off. Then a superhero showed up and saved the day. I figure I'll come out ahead. Your hands are trembling. Yeah, next time, no day-old breakfast burritos for me. I threw those out. Boss, did you take a burrito out of the garbage? What's the problem? They're hygienically sealed. Zero Day's hiding out at the monster magnet panel. I spy his shocker green hair giving him away near the back of the talk. The blaringly bright Saving the World One Monster at a Time banner makes my eyes hurt. Up on the stage, Pamela Blythewood Cumberbun, the star of Monster Magnet, is waxing on about their shared journey or whatever. I give Zero Day a poke. Oi, the little sprite. Not now, Wiggly. Wiggly? Never mind. I'm just having fun. Can you give me a minute before you need me for whatever end-of-the-world issues you want? I'll worry about revenge then, too. It's important, you green-haired polywog. Hold on, hold on. Wait, here comes the microphone. Hello? Yes, I have a question. What was your favorite season of Monster Magnet? Oh, gee... It's so hard to narrow it down. Every season was a real ride, you know? Such a journey. Yeah, but your favorite! Ooh, I guess it would be season six, where all the characters were kicked out of the Monster Magnet Academy and had to live in a cave together. We really got to drill down to the core of what made our characters work. That was the worst season! Hey, shut up. That season was the worst. Shut up! You're so wrong! How do you know? You definitely didn't watch because your outfit's wrong! Shut up! It's from the books! Not my monster magnet! You suck, Blythewood Coverbun! 
call me... Never mind. There's a superhero on the main floor of the con. Strength, speed, the works. Gotta be magic, except there's no magical aura around her. Actually speaking, she's a normie. Valentine, you know comic books are fiction, right? If someone can pull off superhero antics, there's some serious juice powder in it. Your second sight has gone blind. I tried looking at it too. I got nothing. Oh. Okay. You buy me a Cyan Heroes Reborn comic in very good to mint condition, and I'll help. Gross. Deal. We head back out onto the main floor. Major Molly Mallet is sitting at the booth for her own comic, signing autographs and lifting fans up in the air for fun. Zero Day takes it all in. I can tell he's intrigued. It's not every day the magic world sees something new. I have my hands buried in my duster pockets, trying not to show how badly this has been rattled. Well, that is weird. Yeah. Can you see something I can't? Zero closes his eyes and begins to trace sigils in the air. His glamour barely hides his power surge. Green light starts to dance over his body. He pulls his purple and yellow hoodie up in a half-hearted attempt to hide it. Wait, how are you using so much power? I'm a volunteer. No piece tied up for an for me. Of course. Hey, Threadripper, give me a hand with this, would you? Ripper calls up her own muted powers. The pixies bounce data between themselves as they pace together what Mallet was really all about. Suddenly, the pair stop their spells cold. Well, what do you know's out there? Valentine, whoever that person is, they made a pact with an abyssal. Abyssals are not my thing. They're nastier than a computer virus and older than time. See you around. Thanks a lot, Zero. I feel my hands start to shake. Varsary, the demon that grabbed my old girlfriend's body so many years ago, is the only abyssal I've ever dealt with. I have no desire to come up against another one. Over at the mallet booth, our hero stops signing autographs and kibitzing with fans. She hops over the table, winks at the crowd, and strides away. Boss, Molly Mallet is on the move. Should we follow her? We don't need to follow her yet. I want to talk to... That person over there. The one with the video camera and the Molly Mallet t-shirt? That's the one. I saw her filming the shakedown between Mallet and Sketch. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Hello there, friend. What? No. I, I mean, hi. Yeah, hi to you too, weirdo. I saw you filming that fracas between Dr. Sketch and Molly Mallet. My footage is proprietary. You can't have it. You'll have to wait for the next episode of Under the Mallet, YouTube's most popular major Molly Mallet fan channel. Is that so? Yeah. Under the Mallet, where we take the mallet to you. That's kind of catchy. Isn't it catchy, Thread? Yeah, kind of. Sure. You want to hear it again, don't you? All right, camera wanker, what's going on? Okay, okay, stop, please. All I know is I was supposed to meet my friends here. Travis, Kyle, and Kim, they're the hosts of the channel. They said there was going to be some killer content, but I couldn't find them. And then Major Molly Mallet showed up for real, and she's fighting a messed up version of her nemesis sketch monster. 
I think Dr. Sketch was an early concept by Ben Broadmeyer from the first run of the series, where Molly was a dude with a hammer. That is a deep dive into the comics, my friend. The talents are wasted behind the camera. I know, right? Valentine, it looks like Molly's headed toward the green room. Ooh, let me swap out my battery and I'll come with you. You stay right here, Agnes Gordon. I spy Reza getting her photo taken at one of the other booths of a handful of other Amazon warrior princess whatevers. She has her hammer proud, showing the world she's truly the goddess of lightning, thunder, and whatever else is dumb enough to argue with her. I make a gesture to Reza, who pretends to ignore me. A second, much more obscene gesture gets her attention. What do you want? I was just getting a phone number for one of the Amazons. Now, what will Larissa say about that? Monogamy is a prison, Valentine. Larissa isn't a baby. How, but how do those sentences relate? Are you implying that babies run prisons? This conversation is going really well, so I'm ending it now before it goes south. Ta-ta! Wait, Razor. I need your help. We're about to raise some trouble, and it's probably going to end up with my ass getting kicked. Now I'm interested. Tell me about this beatdown you're going to get. Do I need to bring popcorn? Manage ticket sales? Learn and laugh? I need you to have my back. Maybe wade in if the water gets... fight. That could be fun, too. So what's the trouble? It's Molly Mallet. She's not exactly what she's claiming to be. She's using some rogue magic to play superhero. Something doesn't smell right about the situation. I think she's in the green room right now. Let's go beat up a superhero. Reza and I enter the green room. Molly's in there, drawing a sigil on a mirror with grease paint. The body seems shrunken somehow. Looks like the fight with Dr. Sketch took out some of the power. The mirror ripples. Molly's face is reflected back at her. But whoever's speaking clearly isn't Molly. I told you your powers are temporary. You do too much, they'll expire, and you'll go back to what you were. But justice cannot falter. We, I, need to remain Molly Mallet. I can bind you permanently to the form, but it requires a little more power than I currently possess. There's someone at the expo who shares my power. If you stop him, I can bind you permanently, and you can become the hero you've always dreamed of being. How can I stop this person? Tear out his heart? What? Cut off his airway? Set him on fire? Throw a rock at his head really hard? You want me to kill this person? Is that not clear? I thought we were at the suggestion stage. Molly Mallet doesn't kill. She protects citizens. This man is no citizen. He has blood on his hands. If you want to protect humans from harm, you need to stop this person and be forever transformed into Molly Mallet. And there's only one way to do that. 
Very well. If doing this one act will allow me to fight for justice, I will carry it out. What does this villain look like? He has dark pants, a white shirt, loose red necktie, and a trench coat. You're describing at least two dozen people here. If it helps, he's the one standing right behind you. Ah, bollocks. Villain, prepare for justice. Molly raises her hammer. I close my eyes and wish I'd washed the dishes before leaving the house. Wait, I did! No, that was last week. Crap. I hear the whistle of the hammer come down, then a terrific crash of metal on metal as Razor stands in front of me. Her hammer meeting Molly's and a crash of sparks and maybe even thunder. Look! I've debated doing this to this guy more than once. Oof! Still might before the end of the day for dragging me into this. Right now, I'm going to say you ain't getting past me. You look like a hero, citizen. Why do you protect this villain? This guy is many things, but he's not a villain. As for me, I'm a girl who believes it's high time we let our hammers do the talking. Nice move. You knocked her clean through the wall. She's out for a minute, but there's no way I could beat her, Valentine. You better come up with something fast. Let me call Threadripper. She'll be able to help. Hello! I am Threadripper! Fred, I need your help. Only matter is... <laughs> Old Jeff. Zero day. Zero? Can I talk to Thread? And what should I say this is concerning? And the message that I will relate to her forthwith? Zero? Molly Mallet has been sent off to me. Right now, Riza is the only thing keeping me from becoming a splotch on the floor! Whoa, Riza and Molly fighting? Fred Ripper, Riza and Molly Mallet are fighting! Holy shnakies! This is just like Uncivil Discussions, issue 137, where the God of Thunder and the leader of the Technodromes decide that each one had the greatest chili recipe and the others were inferior. Zero? And it changes everything when heroes fight heroes. Zero. Villain, you will face justice. Running out of time here. Whoa, she sounds <gasps> angry. Oof. Zero, can you and Thread hack the expo and break the dampening effect? I have a plan, but I need my magic. <gasps> but I want to see Riza and Molly Mallet yeah. fight. <gasps> Zero, I swear to Hecate. <gasps> All right, Wiggly, I'm on it. The phone goes dead. Molly Mallet is brushing drywall off her shoulders and striding towards me and Reza, holding her mallet high. She steps with a plush pink-haired doll and squeaks out a pitiful, Melissa, go! Oh! Here comes Justice, I think. The lights flicker. A buzzing fills the air. Suddenly, I feel my tattoos start to blaze. Ink-stained wings with tattered feathers burst from my shoulders. The expo band around my wrist flares bright red and turns to ash. The magical world is back, and then some. Riza kneels before Molly as the heroine readies her sledge to finish the fight. I see Riza's spark burning low. Even Molly's abyssal binding is now clear as day. Valentine! Wait, you're Valentine? Finn? Valentine? That's me, alright. But this doesn't make any sense. 
She said that... No. No, no, no! Let me guess. Whoever was speaking to you in the mirror said that I was a villain. But you know my name. And you know I'm no villain. But I need to stay Molly Mallet if I'm going to be a hero. So you've got a choice to make then, don't you? Go on, take your shot. Come on, you waster Kirby Dots. Valentine, no! Take your shot. The next few seconds are all slow-mo for dramatic effect. Molly raises her hammer one more time. Reza, no longer bound by the expert's rules, starts shifting into her ferret form. My inked wings curl around me in a reflexive attempt to shield my body. I close my eyes and call on the magic in my blood. Ancient, crawling words push themselves out of my mouth and swarm over Malik, hooking into her with skeleton legs and mindless eyes, tearing the spell apart like sketch paper. I collapse as the magic burns through me, leaving me cold and sick and shaking. It's the last time I'm using the abyss to rip apart a spell. Tasmanian spider gets all over again. Major Molly Mallet is gone. In a place stands... Wait. There's three of you? Yeah. Uh, hi. I'm Travis. I'm Kyle. And I'm Kim. I recognize you guys. You host Under the Mallet on YouTube. Where we take the mallet... To, to you. you. I've said it before, but that is really catchy. So, which one of you was Major Molly Mallet? Um, I think we were all Molly. That is so cool. That is not cool. They made a deal with an abyssal entity and unleashed comic book villains on the world. Look, we didn't know what happened. We met this girl a week ago and she said she could turn us into real heroes. We thought we'd show up at the con with super strength and cool powers. But then, after the fight with Dr. Sketch, we were growing weak. We could feel ourselves falling apart. She offered to make our powers permanent. If you took care of me, yeah, I got that bit. Wait, she was a girl? What girl? This cute girl with an old punk t-shirt and an army jacket. She looked a little stuck in the 90s, to be honest. The thing is, she knew you. That's why we recognized your name. And she had a message for you. For me? She said, If you see Finn Valentine, tell him I miss him. Tell him I'll see him soon. Boss? Are you okay? Sure, Thread. A shot of espresso, a good night's sleep, and I'll be back on my feet in a week or two. How did you break that spell? Abyssal magic is all about sticking to the letter of the agreement. As long as they were playing a hero, the spell was ironclad. I just pushed them to the point where they weren't so heroic. That gave me my opening. But who were they talking about? Who's the girl? I'll tell you about it when we get back to the office. Ben... <laughs> This place looks absolutely wrecked. Think they'll let me back in tomorrow for the cosplay contest? I'm, uh, gonna say no. I got the popcorn! Wait. Oh man, I missed the whole thing! Dang it! You have been listening to The Graveyard Tapes, 
Heroes Redo, written by Dustin Gray and Aidan Morgan, with thanks to James Nichols. Edited by James Nichols, Angela Dumalag, and Nikki Ewart. Audio engineering by Robin of Psychonaudia, produced by Brianna Jean. With the voices of Chase Hunter as Valentine, Rick the Whitebird as Threadripper, Fenway Jones as Anne, Caitlin Sinnott as Rita, Nils the Red as Flack, Nikki Ewart as Major Molly Mallet, the Amazon, and Vasri. Angela Dumalag as Zero Day, Edwin Dumalag as Rando Guy, Pam as Pamela Blythewood Cumberbun, Robin of Psychonadia as Dr. Sketch, and Brianna Jean as the camera tech operator, with additional voices by Alan Morgan, Rudicky, Casey, and Dustin Gray. <laughs>